and welcome to Creative Lives, the Lecture in Progress podcast. Lecture in Progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of creatives by providing practical advice and insight into the industry. This podcast series features creatives sharing what they do and how they got to where they are. Our guest this week is photographer Laura Panak. So my name is Laura Panak. I'm a photographer. I'm based in London, North East London, but I kind of travel all over the place. Laura's work often captures intimate and candid moments, dealing with sensitive social themes, such as self-esteem in adolescence, young love, or lesser documented groups, like the Young British Naturist Society. There has been points in my career where I've been described as a social documentary photographer or a documentary photographer, and I have found that quite interesting. I haven't found it good or bad, I've just found it quite interesting. So I think it's all quite subjective. For Laura, shooting is part of an ongoing process of development. I always get nervous on a shoot. Like, there's always, you know, a pang of anxiety. And that's what drives me. That's what I love about it. It's a responsibility, I feel, to come back with something decent. But I think you have a sense of, of desire to achieve something through it and, and create something thought-provoking and beautiful and, and have a great experience. With commissions ranging from editorial clients such as Time Magazine, The Guardian and The Wall Street Journal, Laura also works commercially for brands including Samsung, Dove, Vodafone and Nike. She tells us what a typical day looks like as a freelancer and how two shoot days will never be quite the same. Somebody asked me recently actually what does my typical day look like. It's usually filled with either shoots, meetings, research, planning, admin, mostly admin. It's mostly like answering emails, invoicing, really rock and roll exciting stuff. Editorially, if I'm on a shoot day, it will be very short, quite intense. So it will be arrive at the shoot a few hours before, um, if I'm allowed, um, sort of set up, settle in, whilst an interview's being done usually. I'll sometimes have an assistant with me, which is always nice. Usually spend about an hour and a half actually taking pictures and then pack up, say goodbyes, come home and edit. So really short and sweet. If it's a longer assignment of a few days, I try not to spend too long in one environment because uh, people get bored and they become restless and you're invading their space. So, I mean, it's so difficult to kind of generalise on an editorial shoot because each one is very different. But a lot of the editorial shoots that I do that are more story-based, so if they're, say, four days in, you know, another country or four days in... Manchester or something like that, there'll be a list of things to do. So it won't just be spend four days with one person. It might be spend four days with one person and their family and their community and where they work, um, you know, and visit certain sites that are appropriate to the shoot. If it's commercial, it will have been heavily planned with my agent and my producer, a week's worth of preparation, um, very early starts, very long days, a lot of caffeine. Yeah, a lot of fun lots of walkie-talkies flying around and they usually last about a week um, and personal projects it depends on the project um, I'm usually away at the moment for personal projects I find that um, just as I've kind of like got older I've wanted to um, I've wanted to travel more and it seems like that's a good way to tie in my personal practice because it gives me space from everything else I tend to keep my kit really minimal that's for a few reasons. One is because with editorial, there's not enough budget to take an assistant with me. Um, so carrying everything on a train that was a long way was, I wanted to strip my kit down. Another reason is that I photograph, you know, I, I'm saying inverted commas, real people. When you're photographing somebody that isn't, you know, normally photographed, 
you want it to be as peaceful and as stress-free and as quick as possible. For me, it's more about connecting with the person than it is about an extravagant lighting setup. Saying that, with commercial work, I have the opportunity to do that. So there will be a van full of kit that will arrive with a huge amount of lighting. Starting with a foundation course in fine art, Laura soon discovered a knack and love for photography, going on to study at LCC and Brighton. So when I was younger, as long as I can remember, I was like, I want to be an artist. Yeah, it was always something active or creative. I never wanted to be anything that was office-based. So I studied a foundation course at Central St. Martins in art, which was great. It was really, really good. And at the very end of the course, I did photography for a few weeks. And my teacher, who didn't like me, was incredibly encouraging. And I saw that as a, as a real compliment. You know, when somebody doesn't like you and they pay you a compliment, you're like, OK, maybe they mean it. And he, you know, he just said, you know, you've got a good eye. I really think you should do this. And, and I really enjoyed it instantly. So I knew that to do a degree, I needed to do another foundation. I went to LCC and did the foundation course there in media to get onto the photography course. And I really loved it, but I really wanted to move out from where I was living at home. So I decided to do my degree in Brighton. But I think the most influential thing, I guess, that would be most helpful to a listener is that my education was predominantly founded in the work experience that I did and the people that supported me through that. So even during my foundation courses, I was working freelance in a magazine, in a photography magazine, doing book reviews and reading and writing. Uh, the editor there was incredibly supportive and just one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And then also I was assisting photographers, wedding photographers, um, portrait photographers, fashion photographers, documentary photographers, everything. And that gave me a real deep understanding for what I didn't like as well and uh, taught me a lot about business. I was asked recently, do you think that there should be more business education into, the, into you know, photography degrees? Do you think people should learn what art buyers are and editors are and, and what you do and how you get your portfolio out there and how you make work? And I said, no, I really don't, because I think that I really wanted to know and I really, really wanted to make it work. So I went out there and I asked everyone. And through asking people, I managed to gain access to different you know, communities, different workplaces. And I learned the hard way. And I really like that. And I think that actually it felt much more rewarding to be brave and to go out there and to be inquisitive. Um, and people want to help. I was very aware that when I was graduating that I wanted to be a photographer. I was heavily, heavily aware of that. But I also knew I had so much to learn. And I found myself caught between the idea of not having enough knowledge, especially technically, lighting and things like that. I knew that I had so much to learn, but also just not really wanting to just, you know, kind of, I don't know, work in a studio for ages. And, you know, I just, I felt kind of like uh, impatient, I guess. But I was, I was aware of my ignorance and I was aware of you know, how much I had to learn. So I divided my time between doing kind of paid jobs for, you know, like event photography and things like that, that taught me about lighting, whilst assisting, which also taught me about lighting. Um, and then I was just very lucky, very, very, very lucky. When I was 
In my final year at uni, a picture editor approached me and said, would you like to do a shoot? And I remember going back and shooting the shoot three times on film and losing so much money and absolutely crapping my pants because I was just so nervous. And I think that, you know, if I'd gone back, do I regret, you know, doing that? I made a lot of mistakes, like especially in, in how I handled my stress and anxiety. But I learned a lot from it and I loved it. I think what's really difficult about entering any creative field um, but what's also wonderful is there isn't a right or wrong answer. There isn't a path that you can take that will ultimately lead to success. Even now when I'm thinking, what, where do I want to be in three years? Where do I want to be in 10 years? There isn't a path. Laura's photographs have been exhibited at the National Portrait Gallery, the Houses of Parliament, the Royal Festival Hall and internationally and have attracted recognition from a long list of highly sought after awards, including the World Press Photo Awards, the Sony World Photography Awards, the Magenta Foundation, and the Royal Photographic Society Award for notable achievement in a British photographer under 35. I think awards for me have been very important, but also at university it was really encouraged, like hugely encouraged for us to enter awards. But they serve a different purpose for each person. For me, it was about organisation and getting projects together and writing an artist statement and getting my work in front of judges for opinions and critiques. Once you leave uni, you don't have that. And a lot of the awards you'll get feedback, which is really nice if you ask for it. Also, just it really helped with self-confidence, you know, like um, it's very difficult to have confidence in your work or to really like know if you're communicating with other people. So it's always reassuring, especially when you're starting a project and you're thinking to yourself, this doesn't make sense and this is rubbish and this looks awful. And then somebody says, no, you, you're getting somewhere, you know, like I, f I get this um, and it can develop projects. So for me, it's been great. Um, but yeah, I guess the process is different for everyone. And I think also as much as it Awards and competitions can build your self-esteem. They can also really knock them. Um, the amount of times that I'll get a rejection from an award and that will actually make me lose faith in, in a project. And it can be quite kind of personal. My advice to anyone starting out or anyone who was going to pursue a creative career, I think it's really important to keep a really positive attitude and a strong-minded attitude that it will be fine. Like, you love it enough, so it will be fine. And I wake up every day loving my job. Like, there will be good days and bad days, but I'm never bored. And if I am, it's for a very short period of time. Um, so my advice would be ask for support, keep your community close. Don't, yeah, I think, um, I think it's really hard to promote yourself and get that balance of kind of, um, I think self-promotion is really hard. I think that's what I find as a freelancer. Um, and I think you just have to learn that that's part of the job um, because nobody likes blowing their own trumpet. But equally, in order to get advice, in order to get feedback, in order to progress, you do have to kind of get yourself out there. And I think definitely, like, always make sure that you're excited and a little bit scared about the next project. This episode of Creative Lives was brought to you by Lecture in Progress. It was presented by me, Indy Davis, and the guest was Laura Panak. The producer was Ivor Manley. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of a number of brand patrons. They include GF Smith, Squarespace, and the Paul Smith Foundation. For more information, check out lectureinprogress.com.